podcast dedicated to retracing our adolescent youth uh, journey through the Star Wars Extended Universe one book at a time and today we have a very special guest. We do we rarely ever have guests especially ones that are not married to one of us. Exactly (laughs) Um, yeah he is our producer extraordinary he's an editorial and talent producer at Marvel he produces the best improv show in the world Rat Scraps in New York City every Sunday and most relevant to our tiny podcast is the producer of the George Lucas talk show. Incredibly funny, has me crying laughing, has been a joy, has brought joy to my life this past year and a half and why it is an absolute pleasure to introduce Patrick Connor to the podcast. Hi guys, Welcome. how are you? Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. So we, we got you on the podcast because you just sent out the word on Twitter that yeah. you were I did. <laughs> I did. I said, I'm losing my mind. I can only look at the same four walls for so long. Please sure. help me. And uh, and you guys said, yeah, but you have to reread. <laughs> 340 pages. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm very excited to talk about it. This is it. wild. So before we jump into our book for today, what is your personal history with the expanded Star Wars universe, Star Wars Legends? Yeah, I mean, I read, stuff? I read a lot as a kid. Uh, you know, books in general, but also a lot of uh, EU stuff. Um, it was sort of, you know, at, at a, for a certain stretch of my life, it was the thing I enjoyed reading the most. Um, I was looking through this one and you'll be able to see in the front cover, it has my my uh, middle school homeroom, 12 oh, white. Oh it's my- got like my name and the thing in there. Um yeah, I mean, these were at the time. These were my favorite. The tales, the tales from books, were my favorite mm-hmm. because I love, uh, you know, the creatures and the puppets and all that stuff in the Star sure. Wars uh, uh, world. So those were those were always the Java stuff and the Cantina stuff were like my favorite scenes in Star Wars. Um, so it was always the ones that I was most excited to read the most about. I I, I didn't get into it as much as a lot of people did. Uh, sure. like there's a lot I have not read but um, you know I tried to plow through whatever the library had or whatever I could find for cheap around me and uh, yeah I still I still have a bunch of them a lot are in Connecticut but uh, the best ofs are here yeah you know I'm looking yeah. at we got shadows of the empire sure. we got all three tales we yep. have the uh, the novelizations there's a there's a few more in a in a box somewhere though yeah well there our one of our favorites was the Tales from Jabba's Palace that we've read. Yeah. I think Tales from Jabba's Palace was a real standout experience. Yeah. It was Tales from Jabba's Palace and the the AC Crispin Han Solo trilogy mm-hmm. have definitely been just like as works of literature. Um, good. The absolute best. Oh, that's and good. Yeah. So this was, this also was like, I was doing a lot of work reading this of like, oh my gosh, like we're back in Jabba's Palace like did this come up in the canteen like yeah. I was trying there's yeah. a lot of interconnectedness with other other short stories um so I guess to jump in even though I'm a little bit rusty on on this so this unlike the other tales books which have more shorter stories yeah. this book yes. essentially has five 
tales that are straddling the line between short story and novella. Um, they're all, they they're all, all like 70 pages or so. Yeah, they're all like 60 yeah. to 70 pages. Four of them intersect with the scene in Empire Strikes Back where you see the bounty hunters lined up uh, on Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. Yeah. We, we get a big emphasis of the like the no disintegrations line right. uh, <laughs> over and over that, and over again comes up in the fifth one so all of them have it comes up Darth, that is the connective yeah. tissue is darth vader saying no disintegration no disintegrations <laughs> yeah in every story um but other than that they tend to go in very different weird directions uh all mm-hmm. over the place so the first one I guess we should just do them one at a time. The first one is Therefore I Am, The Tale of IG-88 by Kevin J. Anderson. This is... So Patrick, we usually try our best to go through them and just give like an overview and then go into detail, but it's going to be hard. But how do we do It's going to be really hard. I don't know. No. I feel daunted. So this one, yes, yes, is written... (laughs) This is the one I remembered the most. Uh, okay. There, there were some okay. I did not like. I did not remember the Four Lamanzakas one at all. Uh, I didn't really remember the Bosque one at all. I barely remember. Other, I don't now. remember either one of those yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, but the IG88 one is nuts. It's crazy. It. Uh, this is it's a wild. fully unleashed Kevin J. Anderson. Like he is going all like I think we probably read the most Kevin J. Anderson books of any uh, extended universe Person author, ever. and like. All of For the sure. things he likes to do, all of his little habits are completely unleashed in this yeah, book. Full form here. Now, what, yeah, what, this uh, is- if I was someone who had never read a Kevin J. Anderson book, which I'm not, obviously, because I'm here, what are the, right. the traits <laughs> of a Kevin J. Anderson uh, story? Okay. Are there anything that so you can pull Kev- out? Yeah. A lot of locations. He yeah, likes we're to going move all over places. the place. Mm-hmm. We're moving around. Um, we're gonna have weapons designers, like mm-hmm. weapons, <laughs> <laughs> weapons designers who mm-hmm. are very, like, very bureaucratic. Yes, a lot of like bureaucracy, designers. a lot of like office talk in Star Wars. Like a, you know, just like somebody shuffling in with a Moff Tarkin coffee mug, grabbing a <laughs> grabbing a donut. Um, and talking at the meeting about the yeah, a lot like, of meetings a lot of meetings a lot of meetings a very like a hubristic weapons designer is mm-hmm. going to be a, an element of that um a villain who has a big nose is gonna yeah. be that's not the first <laughs> okay. trait okay. like when we're describing characters if it's a protagonist we're going to get we're going to hit hair eyes and smile and if it's a villain mm-hmm. we're going to hit bulbous nose Often thick lips. This one we only hit bulbous nose, um, but like yeah, uh, the type of villain. He really so will hit fun. those those marks a lot. Um, <laughs> he's generally, I, which we didn't really get in the story. He's generally pretty good of like creating creatures, like sort of monsters. He, That's kind of top where he of thrives. the line. Yeah, top of the line, a creature from your nightmares, an interesting <laughs> alien world. He's the best at those. Yeah, which we didn't. We didn't really. We got Mechas three. This was our second journey to Mechas three. Yeah, we've been to Mechas three before. (laughs) I didn't want to go back. Also, I have questions about how what happened on Mechas three in between because we we saw Mechas three in the Young Jedi Knight series, and there were like 
robot spider monsters maybe i feel yeah. like okay. spider monsters come up a lot, in a, up a lot. Well, that's a that's in jabba's too isn't there aren't there spider yeah. monsters that the, the what are they the, the brain Bomar monks is yeah bomar monks. bomar monks i love a I bomar remember. Monk. i remember guys <laughs> we love a bomar monk uh-huh. so this story is about snatch your brain ig88 who is the skinny if you don't know the sort of skinny droid that is um in the scene he is an assassin droid i feel like i can't oh he's on the spine he's He's on on the the spine spine. yeah Um, Yeah, okay very now do you think that is because he is so skinny that he's the only one who put on the spine (laughs) for sure (laughs) they're like (laughs) probably dengar's not fitting on that spine no dengar's certainly not dengar's been through a lot um, I also, <laughs> looking at this, am not sure which one of these two guys is Boss. I, I know who Boss is. Not sure which one is Zuckus and which one is Forlom. Well, um, good news. You're in great company. <laughs> we can talk about it later. <laughs> okay. So, the tale of IG-88 is that... Wild. Who wants to take on this summary? Patrick, you said you remember this one the best. What is yeah, the tale of IG-88? <laughs> I mean, oh, IG88. Listen, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give broad overstrokes. I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty. If I mess up that's the way to do it. Yeah. Please, please, uh, forgive me. Um, IG88. He's an assassin droid. He's hanging out. He uh, makes a bunch of copies of himself while he's in a droid factory. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so there's multiple IG8. There's like IG88 A B C D E. I think running around. Yeah. They kill everyone at the droid factory. They head out into the larger world. Uh, uh, and uh, you know he just he kills a bunch of people and then eventually ends up on the second Death Star implants his brain into the second mm-hmm. Death Star a lot like um, uh, the, the droid in Solo yeah. uh, you know he takes over he shuts the door on the Emperor sometimes just to mess with him I find that fun, <laughs> that <is very> fun. <laughs> um, and then uh, at, at the end I believe he's like there's no way they're going to blow this up and then they Mm-hmm. you know it ends eventually the they do yeah that's the general yeah. over overview of this story uh yeah very silly yeah it's all they're all uh, very silly. they're very they're silly. all very silly i mean it's always with the kevin j anderson story the devil's in the details um, yeah. oh for sure we'll we'll get there <laughs> we'll get back to that okay so then the second book is payback the tale of dengar by dave yeah. wolverton who we've met before dave wolverton wrote the courtship of princess leia uh is the writing teacher of stephanie meyer author of the twilight saga oh wow Um, she took it she took his writing class in undergraduate um he also wrote at least a couple of tales yeah i forget which ones but yeah he wrote he he wrote at least one other one maybe two i feel like dave wolver aside from ac christman who legend but only wrote the han solo trilogy uh, I think Dave Wolverton might be my favorite, like recurring Star Wars EU author. He doesn't yeah, turn up wrote, that much, but when he when he does, he wrote the Hammerheads the, tale for Cantina. That's and, right. Yes, Tessic the Quarren on in Java. Quarren, yeah, yeah. Which would explain why Tessic shows up shows up as prominently yeah. Yeah. in <laughs> this story. And he does. That was like yeah. why trying so hard to remember <laughs> Tessic's situation in Java's <laughs> palace. I w- my theory is that why I think Dave Wolverton is a great Star Wars expanded universe author is that Dave Wolverton really seems to get genre in mm-hmm. a way that a lot of authors don't necessarily, or that like he, he doesn't necessarily see, I'm going to get into his head here. He doesn't really see Star mm-hmm. Wars as a genre unto itself. 
he's mm-hmm. always doing like a Star Wars Western or a Star Wars mm-hmm. horror or a Star Wars Star romance. Wars romance, yeah. And yeah, I and think so- that that helps structure things a little more uh, interestingly. Even yeah. though Courtship of Princess Leia is insane, it still follows the rules of, like, of, a romance its, chosen, yeah. of its chosen now, genre. Now, should should we say which one we like the most, which one we like the least? Oh, or sure. Say this? Yeah, absolutely. We okay. should definitely I do think, that. I think this one is my favorite one. This is my favorite, too. This one is my favorite, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. It's insane, again. It's insane. And I, no, I'm just going to keep saying that. Uh, my favorite, my maybe my, I tweeted about this, but maybe my favorite thing in all of Star Wars is in this story. And it's oh, my gosh. It's the last sentence of this story. Oh. Here we go. Well, it's the last two paragraphs. I'm going to read it. Okay. Yeah, read it. Okay, yes. Just not knowing any context for this story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> Dangar holstered the blaster and stood looking down at Boba Fett. I'm getting married in a couple of weeks and I'll need a best man. You available? <laughs> Boba Fett nodded and they shook on it. It's the best thing in all of Star Wars. It's, it is. It, I mean, <laughs> the characterization of Boba Fett in these stories is uh, a, 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 a prude king boba fett that's what we call him <laughs> he's a narc <laughs> he's a narc i i was gonna say the exact same thing when we got to his story i was gonna call him a narc i've been thinking about it for days. um he's a he's a straight edge <laughs> yeah. narc. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild um it is insane. but yeah but dangar dangar is the guy with the head crap that you see yeah, he's just um, a dude who's in poor health <laughs> he's just a dude who's like his health is failing he's kind mm-hmm. of decided he's he's after han solo in revenge for a swoop race swoop racing has come up multiple times where he got very badly injured mm-hmm. was this swoop race in the han solo trilogy it would have had to have been in the first i think it, it, it might have been um i don't know I, think, if, I feel like it was maybe but it's been um, so long it's, yeah, we read those a but, very long time ago. But anyway, he he's yeah. out for revenge, and he's decided that he's kind of going to turn against the Empire and make good with the rebels in order to get in with or get closer to Han Solo. Mm-hmm. So, so he's that taking he a lot can of jobs. Maybe kill Han. He, yeah. He's not he's even conflicted. that sure. Yeah, but he's sort of he's taking got jobs. traumatic brain injury, and he's yeah, just he's, yeah. he's not doing well. Trying to make it work. Yeah, um, but he's taking jobs that he wouldn't normally take. Um, killing sort of like imperial officers Um, and he befriends this woman whose life he saves um, this dancing woman Um, oh my god that's one of like two available for careers for women in the Star Wars (laughs) senator dancing woman (laughs) nothing of which Manaru Manaru that's right Um, he saves Manaru who's like a blue round very pretty person yeah like tiny right they're like tiny they're like a little bit shorter than average humans but they're humanoid and dengar loves her yeah dengar's nuts about this gal (laughs) he doesn't even know he can love until she comes into his life yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like hey dummy we're in love um (laughs) 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 and i mean really dengar just sort of like bumbles along the periphery yeah, of, of, of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and then goes to marry Manaru with Boba Fett. But yeah, it's and yeah, Boba Fett's his best man. <laughs> yeah, even though they've had a pretty tumultuous friendship up until 
this point. But, but yeah, happy, I mean, Dengar, but we're happy for him. Yeah. We're happy for him. Oh, very happy for him. Very happy for Dengar. Dengar was the only one of the bounty hunters who I like formed an investment in mm-hmm. while yeah, reading, which I think was sort of maybe one of the challenges of writing a bounty hunter short story is like, well, how do you make, make your audience invest yeah. in these characters who are not good? They're on the wrong yeah. side. They're hunting our heroes for the empire. You know, yeah. how do we, how do we care? Very Although I, but, I, was, I was telling Caroline before we jumped on, they're all terrible bounty hunters. Yes. Like they all oh, suck God, at yes. their job. <laughs> Which is so wild that, that, you know, good old Darth's pulling them all together. Cause you assume they're the best in best. the galaxy. And if they're the best. <laughs> And it's just fascinating. Now, you, I wonder if Kevin J. Anderson was like, or or whoever, you know, uh, right. the Delray. What is the? Uh, it's a Bantam. Someone yeah. at Bantam. Someone at Lucasfilm says, "All right, guys. Now these guys are goofballs. Yeah, you got to <laughs> make them goofballs." Or they all did that on their own, and then Kevin got all the books, and he was like, "Oh no, <laughs> what? How did that happen?" They all suck. Locked in mean, closets and blown up, and they, yes, <laughs> a bunch of goobers. Now, do you guys just know about put yakety sacks under all of their adventures? <laughs> just them around the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you guys know about Rothgar Dang? No, no. Tell us the story of Rothgar Dang. <laughs> I'm about to blow your gosh darn minds. Okay, Rothgar oh, Dang is a character in the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Okay. He's in the little. He's in the little bar. I don't want you to Google him yet. I okay. Want you to Google okay. him together because I want you to <laughs> okay. together because I can't share the screen. Um, okay. He's a guy who's in the bar. The camera lingers on him for one second. He looks like uh, he's just like kind of a mound of flesh on like a robot body with a big gray chest plate. Okay. Now I want you to Google him. R o t h g a r space d e n g. What? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you who Rothgar Dang is. They have a <gasps> in the dictionary. Flip the letters around. Yes. Oh, no! Dengar has gotten too much plastic surgery to fix himself and has gotten blown up so many times over the years that he is now a robot blobfish man. And he is Rothgar Dang. Oh, dang. Yeah. Is he still married to Manaru? I don't know. Man- oh. Manaru might be in the bar. Maybe she was going to the bathroom. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Manaru would not let this happen. I, I, I mean, agree. We're going to have to put a pin in plastic surgery and come back to that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just want to put it out recurring. there so everyone is aware yeah. that it exists. That Rothgar Day. That's wild. Oh, yeah. Now, it's not confirmed, no. but it's it's very heavily implied. Yeah, well, movie. it's like if you if you... It's like a scrambled letters, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh! I threw you guys off for the whole day now. No, you're, yeah, I know. It's a week, <laughs> no, a week recovery. <laughs> There's gonna be a bigger. I'm gonna be teaching like intro to women's studies tomorrow. Uh-huh. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> we have things to talk hey, about. You guys hear about this guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Rothgar Dang. We need to Rothgar spend Dang. an hour talking about uh-huh. Rothgar Dang. Yeah. Um, so the next two stories I keep conflating in my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. Like anything you say, I believe. So like, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a completely made up story. Bosk, okay, the Bosk, first one is Bosk's. I think is the worst one. 
I yes. think so. The prize so. Tale, the tale of Bosque by Kathy Tires. I lost I mean, the I was, on this real fast. Yeah. My only got- note for this story is, oh no, the names. I can't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah so he's like kind of the lizardy guy and they talk about his toes like, curling his toes gripping like we get there's a great shot in empire of an imperial guy being like i do not like these toes we yeah, wear shoes know. on star destroyers he needs a petty um so bad. yeah kathy tires wrote truce of Acora, which i don't remember oh. much about but i think was we fine. liked truce of Bacora fine yes Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the Luke Skywalker love interest lady got done wrong in a different sequel, but she was fine. Yeah. She was with the but it wasn't a terrible and she also, Luke. She wrote we, Ula's we, Tale in John's oh, yeah, Palace, which, which was, was very good. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a recurring thing where Luke comes off real bad in all of these books. And I think oh, in Truce of Bacora, like, he's not so terrible. It was maybe our favorite Luke. It was like one of the best Lukes is Truce of Bacora. Where are all those little, little fanboys complaining about that? No one's talking about. I mean, no one's no. talking about that. It's people real anytime bad. Anytime I see a little fanboy who's like, "This should be more like EU loot," I'm like, mm. "Have you read it though?" Because he mostly mm-hmm. sleeps. He no, mostly takes naps. He mostly takes Jedi naps. He sounds like me. He, so I like it. He, he Jedi naps. He sleeps. He has Jedi comas. Uh-huh. And oh, like every book, multiple Jedi comas, like falling. So he puts children <laughs> in danger. Yeah, sure. He does not care about two and a half. Future. Two and a half years old. Put your body between me and death. I can't die. <laughs> I, I definitely read Truce of Bakura, and I remember nothing. I mean, we read I, it like a year or two ago, and I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I probably I read remember. it fifteen years ago. I remember nothing about it, but I remember the cover. I don't remember. It, I don't remember anything. I mean, it was the one that was like right after. Yeah, it takes Return place right after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, like they have not, they have not finished sleeping up from the last thing when just yeah. before it starts. So, but okay. So the mo- what I re- what I can remember of the tale of Bosk is that Bosk is in a sort of tortured partnership with a Wookie in a dispossessed human heiress who is this Wookiee's protege. Yeah. And the lady and the Wookiee are trying to get Bosk to team up with them so that they can capture Hot and Chewie, get money, do something. Mm-hmm. They have a goal. And then yeah. Bosk has a different conflicting goal where he wants to get that Wookiee's pelt because he's a Wookiee pelt enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and- they have a hilarity program named yeah. oh yeah they're in Sorry. a ship a lot they're in a ship uh, a lot boss boss can lock the doors to the ship if he's not in a certain spot or if he's he can fly the ship from a different area than yeah. just the yeah. cockpit like his bedroom maybe yeah. he puts needles in their mattress that inject oh, yeah. them with things mm. and i did not mm-hmm. care for that detail <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> he yeah. gets locked in a closet at some point <laughs> maybe the Wookiee the Wookie and the lady eventually decide rather than continuing to try to collaborate with Boss, a collaboration that is not going well, no. um, they're going to just sell Boss to an Imperial guy who wants to make yeah. a lizard skin dress for a lady. And so that's what they do. They get like 40,000 credits. Yeah, for Boss. Uh, and Boss gets to go be skinned. Yeah. That's cool. Now, this story starts a trend in the last three stories that I don't like which is mm-hmm, spending mm-hmm. too much time with characters that are not the yes. bounty hunters. 
Yes. Yes. Where I'm like, just tell me about Bosk. I don't care about this lady. Tell me about, you know, Boba. I don't need 15 pages of Han Solo. That's not what I came here for. Yeah. I went back in this story like three times being like, did they introduce this woman? Who is she? Yeah. And they did yeah. not. I have no idea. Yeah. It just jumps in. And I mean, I think that I understand why maybe Kathy Tires was more interested in just sort of creating her own characters and then dealing with the bounty hunter she had been assigned. Um, But this is not Bosk's tale. This is the tale of yeah, that lady, a a Wookiee and a sassy lady. Yes, yeah. And she's a very like '90s sassy lady. Like she comes mm-hmm. for money, but now she's hard on her luck. And she's small. She puts pants on her hips. And yeah, there's a whole. It's like a very of its moment. Yeah, it's a very of, EU, EU sassy, a, sassy. A lady. very EU sassy lady. Um, um, and then she probably couldn't make Bosk interesting. That's probably the no. problem she ran into. That is into. probably the problem. And she's not like, interesting. He's, he's a lizard who growls, you know, and that's yeah. pretty much all we got. The toes uh, are the most yeah. interesting thing. They curl. He looks he looks scary. He looks great, but yeah. I mean he's a blank yeah. slate. And we also sort of get this is another continuing thing in the EU of like how much personality, sentience, and dialogue do you imbue in characters who don't talk? Yeah. So like some EU authors, Chewbacca is basically like a Labrador he's just that much and yeah. other authors will give him like paragraphs of dialogue yeah like interiority yeah. and stuff yeah and we get that sort of here too where the only character who really talks is the human lady <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And get, it's just like enough you know we get paraphrases of everybody else but we we yep. only have like dialogue from her so that also yeah. makes it a lot to deal with yeah uh, and then, and then a, a possible future the tale of Zuckus. And um, this so. is M. Shane Bell. We definitely, he wrote one oh, other thing we read. He must have he written a tale. Book. He wrote another tale. Uh, but I was looking him up last night, did not write down which other tale he wrote because that's the kind of research I do. But I did <laughs> see that Chris Moriarty called Bell one of the central figures in GLBT and AIDS related science fiction. And Orson Scott, Scott Card called him one of the most wise and decent human beings it's been, been my pleasure to know on this planet. Whoa. So <laughs> very so highly he, recommended. He wrote, oh, he wrote uh, Bib Fortuna's Bib. tale. Yeah. And, and then he wrote one about a moisture farmer. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Does not seem to be in the movie and is just the character that they made up for the book. He's like in the cantina. He's just like a dude. Like you see in the cantina. Wikipedia has no photo. Yeah, he's like, he's a blip. (laughs) Yeah. He might not even be in focus. (laughs) The Bib Bib Fortuna tale from Jabba's Palace, though, was fabulous. That story is so creepy. That's when we get the beginning of the Bomar Monk brain snatching. Mm -hmm. And it's so good good and atmospheric. Mm -hmm. And this tale is not great. It's not terrible. It's kind of buried late in the book where my attention span was waning. Yeah. And <laughs> I think yeah. it either needed to be longer or shorter. shorter. Like this needs to be a yeah. novel or it needs to be a shorter story. Everyone's uh, so a, ill. Think, all these bounty hunters are sick. <laughs> as a whole, I think they all needed to be shorter. Oh, they definitely all. Yeah. They yeah. were all very I, long. 
type now you're it saying up. You don't know which one Zuckus and which one Four Llamas. Can I hear, what's your guess? I know, so I'm not going to say. Yeah. Megan, I know you know. I, I we 100%. Know. Oh, I think that the one with the 3PO body is Forlom. And yes. the one with well, the Tubies is Zuckus. Yes. But <laughs> I did, now, I, when, they, when they put out the action figures for the first time, they were switched. Oh. So on the Zuckus figure, it said Forlom, and on the Forlom figure, it said Zuckus, and then years later they were like oh no that's not right which just leave it at that point right yeah you know? who cares that <laughs> does that is a comfort to me uh, yeah, yeah that I was not, you're not the only one not <laughs> i mean in fairness to me the like bug eyes on the forlong head look kind of brainy and you can mm-hmm. see zuckus's brain through his hat so it is i love that you called it a hat <laughs> It's a little hat. It's a little hat. So uh, they are they are best. And I, I will say, as far as this is our second droids achieving sentience story mm, in this mm-hmm. book. Yeah. And I like this one better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forlom's story of how he became a thief really tickled me. This story, Zuckus and Forlom are just trying to play the long game. They're just trying to find their way forward in the universe. They're very Django Fett. They're just humble men trying to find their way in the universe. And yeah. they have a problem in that Zuckus needs a lung transplant. And <laughs> so many issues. <laughs> growing lungs in cloning tanks is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to pay black market prices for new lungs, which just yeah. is a, a little asterisk point. Things that are legal in this universe include assassination. Things that are not legal <laughs> include organ transplant. Uh, now, if we're going to retcon this to make sense, because mm-hmm. this is pre, this came out in 96. So this yeah. is before prequels, yeah. before special editions. I would imagine the reason they did that in, in this guy's mind is post-Clone Wars, we're going to make all clones illegal. Yeah. That's right. my assumption. Right. And we do know from Thrawn blah blah books that clones come oh, out yeah. wrong. Yeah, clones. That is like, but that's a problem. That clones do come out funky. Hey, so it could be your Snoke. clone organs. We get it. Yeah, Snoke. Yeah, came they, out. Snoke's real funky, famously funky. <laughs> famously funky so. so, so there's issues. Um, so they they're like, we got to get ourselves some black market lungs. Yeah, we gotta make some. We got to make some dough. We got to mm-hmm. figure out whose side to be on. Who's gonna let us live? Zuckus has a, a. I don't. Is that part of his species or just what he can do? He can like look into the future. And kind of like a more sensitive dude, right? Like yeah, he'll meditate but it, like, and get mm-hmm. takes him a while. Um, but you can kind of get an idea. Or Forlom would call it that. Like I don't think no. if he knows that he's sensitive to the force, or if he's like, I just meditate and achieve clarity. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they're looking for their path, and they get the idea somehow that instead of going after Han and Chewie, oh no, they're still going after Han and Chewie. They're like Han and Chewie will circle back to be with the rebel people. So we'll just snatch up some rebels right, and, and go we'll run into. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and we can like we can play it cool. Like, oh, you guys are here. So they go to rescue the survivors from Ha, Hoth. which th- thank goodness somebody did, because um, yeah. all of our heroes just out. And the survivors from Hoth are not that keen. And we get a whole thing. We get sisters who are in the rebellion we get a name and a story for the woman who leia says you know give the evacuation order to 
this woman has half of her face on screen for five seconds and yeah, now she's she a short story protagonist. I mean, that's what these books are. <laughs> I, I think about this so much, how like, if you're an extra in one of these movies, you get a story. You got like, I don't know, 400 bucks or something for the day, like right. half a day, 45 <laughs> years ago. And now you have like an action figure and you're like an important figure in the comics where it's just like, it's, it's gotta be such a weird thing where it's yeah. like, yeah, I guess I remember doing that. I don't know. It was so long ago. <laughs> Kira Knightley was being asked in an interview about her Star Wars character and they were, yeah. she was like, oh, was I, was I not Padme? And they're like, no, you were, <laughs> <laughs> you were Sabe. And she was like, I was? <laughs> like, I'm trying to ask her a question about like Sabe and the comics or she's like I don't know <laughs> so funny I mean this lady I think they tried to get as much mileage out what's her is it Torin Farr is that her name yeah Torin they tried to get as much mileage out of her because she's one of like three women on screen sure yeah because <laughs> she's in those the, from a certain point of view books there's a story about oh. her oh about, we have not which are that. kind of well yeah I mean they're canon so you guys don't care about that stuff you mm-hmm. know um, the they're window. sort of the um they're sort of the modern equivalent of these i feel like yeah so it's just like yeah. a bunch of stories some of them are about bad like, some of them are good about like people who are on screen for if you you know if you look away for a quarter of a second you miss them for lam and zuck is kind of rescue kind of kidnap a bunch of hoth survivors and take them to the rendezvous rebel point which is where everybody ends up at the end of Empire Strikes Back and like gets his new hand. And one of the droids, because we this is this is the EU, so there are not doctors, there are droids. One of, no one of the droids is like, one of the droids is like, oh, I could just grow you some new lungs. Like we've got the stuff back at home. <laughs> we get to the new we, you don't need a transplant. I'll just like Harry Potter style grow you some lungs. Uh, <laughs> that's cool and so Zuckus is like well I I like these people I think I'll I'll chill here and so Zuckus and Forlom essentially decide to join the the rebellion with the long-term goal of establishing a bounty hunting guild when the new republic is established which like Mm -hmm. this is not a job that lends itself to guilds (laughs) regularly (laughs) we have bounty hunters in real life and they're not guild-based. Like, this is... <laughs> Haven't, but there's a guild in Mandalorian, isn't there? Yes. So this is something that they're sticking This they're is sticking a thing with. they're very committed they're to. They're sticking to it. I mean, they're sticking to the idea that there are, like, rules. Like, sure. Bounty Hunting has, like, a code, which which we're yeah. going to have to it's, talk about with the Boba Fett. It's a complicated <laughs> profession, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, and nobody's good at it, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it, the idea of the Bounty Hunter Guild does feel very, like, Terry Pratchett to me. Because mm-hmm. Terry yeah. Pratchett books have that, like, the Assassin's Guild and the right. you know, like Magician's Guild and everything. Um, but all of these people are supposed to be, like, it's, they all seem like they're criminals, so it's weird that they're bound right by, by some kind of. So, but again, they're not very good at their job, so maybe they need some sort of like protection. There are some fun like moments and details in this, although the overall story, I think, if we had just not spent so much time with the Hoff survivors and had yeah. zeroed in a little more, yeah, on our, been. But apparently, somebody said to MJ Bell, like, you have to get it to 60 pages. But the thing oh to God. remember is that Zuckus and Forlom are friends, and that's a bond stronger than any guild could provide. Yeah. You know? So Just true. Zuckus's body fully shutting down, truly yeah. just like 
falling apart. You expect to like see him walking and then like his arm falls off or something <laughs> yeah, he's like really that. Not feels, doing well. <laughs> feels on par with this story. Yeah, really not doing well. I'm just looking at him right now and just I I feel like listen. I feel like if I I think he's a gand. I think is this piece. Yeah, a gand. If I was a gand and I went to any other planet and couldn't breathe and like started dying i would just stay on my planet <laughs> you know i'd yeah. be like okay i'm not gonna go for, i think it's time for zuckus to hit the rocking chair like take off your little hat and just uh-huh. <laughs> just go uh-huh. to your home planet and yeah. tell your stories to the youth and I, yeah. at this point in reading, I was like, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm running out of steam. Maybe I'm not engaging anymore. But then I got to the last one standing, the tale of Boba Fett. And Ooh, baby. I, came, I came alive again. <laughs> now, which one of these is Boba Fett? No. <laughs> um, is it the bottom guy? <laughs> yeah. He got to be three times the size of everybody else on the cover which i guess is why ig88 is on the spine because boba yeah. Fett literally is like elbowing him out to the spine. Yeah. get out of here now who would you guys put on the spine because i'm looking at the other ones and we got labria and we got wart the little guy outside of java's palace who burps who would oh. you put on the spine for this one and would you change Better. either of those two too i don't know like is the character that goes on the spine an important character because that's how people are deciding at the bookstore yeah. which one to pull out so or is I the feel character like on the spine like a minor character like, i think for this it needs to be yeah i think ig is a pretty good choice because i feel like other than boba fett he's kind of the most recognizable maybe bosk i'd put bosk yeah bosk Bosk is the only other bosk is the only other one who like has a quote-unquote line in the movie right and they're not set to scale so it's not like we couldn't we could totally shrink boba fett down and put him on the spine (laughs) yeah but then you lose him on the front cover admiral piet looking nauseous on the spine since the quote at the beginning is admiral piet bounty hunters we don't need their scum Another line that we hear four times throughout yeah. the book. Oh, this last one we had a lot of like repeat. We get that yeah. a lot in EU where they like Han will say things that he said twenty yeah. years ago exactly sure. verbatim, <laughs> as yeah. if it is a catchphrase. I think he's he more he infuriating. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no one loves to quote himself like Han Solo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one does the more infuriating move of having two characters who were not present for the original conversation duplicate mm-hmm. verbatim right. a, conversation a conversation that occurred yeah. in the movies yeah. uh which is always <laughs> really frustrating <laughs> when that happens i cannot cope with it and so oh, no so- i remember i remember what it was that i thought was quoted i think it's in the boba fett one someone says like i didn't kill my wife and han solo says i don't care which is from the fugitive right <laughs> Another I don't. Board, I don't right? remember where it was, but it was a. It was a Han Solo. I think Boba Fett scene. It's uh, so they love. They yeah. love to do that. This is written by Daniel Keyes Moran. He wrote the this the Boba Fett story for Jabba's Palace as well. So what entails is Boba Fett's escape from the Sarlacc pit. From the Sarlacc pit. And yeah. I feel like Daniel Keyes Moran is just a Boba Fett guy. Like I feel like those are his only tales so he's written this and he's written boba fett's escape from the sarlacc pit which is interesting because boba fett's escape from the sarlacc pit was the only time in my life i've ever been like oh i get it like i see why people are so into boba fett like this is a really good story about a cool character and interesting things are happening i'm into this and this story 
this characterization of Boba Fett is wild. <laughs> I do hang on before we get any further. I do want yeah. to show you Daniel Keem's Moran's Wikipedia photo. Oh my gosh, now, please. I don't think this is what he looks like in real life because I'm looking at other pictures of him and it is not the same case. <laughs> Daniel Keys Moran rocking an eye patch. He has an eye every, patch. But every other photo of him, he is not he rocking an eye patch. So I'm not wow. sure. Wow. Do you think he reached out to Wikipedia and was like, we need to put this photo? <laughs> I don't know. One of the one of the links it does want me to go look at is top 25 quotes by Kevin J. Anderson. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> looks like stone cold he looks yeah. like he's gonna fight the rock yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was oh my gosh. <laughs> wow 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 so he is like the life and times of boba fett it starts mm-hmm. with yeah. boba fett as a very young man being exiled from his home planet for having murdered someone which he felt very justified in doing uh, Justice we is get a big him, thing for him. It's very into declining, declining to rape Princess Leia in Jabba's palace. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. That was really... That's really now we weird. know. Now we know he's a solid dude. And then we get him... I mean, listen. You'd, but yeah. you'd rather have him decline it. You know? This yeah. is actually weirdly a thing that recurs in... Uh, like sci-fi fantasy stories where you get like a protagonist character who'd be like, I could totally rape you right now, but I won't because I'm a good man. And the female character's always like, you're not going to rape me? I've never known such courtesy in my life. Um, It definitely comes up. I mean, sometimes the conversation's a lot longer. So this one was blessedly like pretty short scene. Yeah. Uh But Um. (laughs) still... That's like a weird, it's definitely a weird thing as a way of establishing. It's a weird way like, to establish, right, that your character is a good guy. <laughs> There's other ways. <laughs> like, I, def- I mean, I'm de- there's definitely a book in the Dresden Files where the he talks at length. There's like, like a full two pages explaining how he like, I could totally rape you. Everyone's expecting me to, but I'm not going I'm not gonna to. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like, no, it's no. So he wrote this guy, Daniel Keyes Moran, wrote the Jabba's Palace one, but Lucasfilm hated it. There's a very long development uh, section for this story on Wikipedia. Lucasfilm hated it, so he he put a pen name up. Uh, yeah, we I think we talked about that. Because he's done a lot of writing under other... And, yeah, and I think says. Lucasfilm loved this story because before they made The Mandalorian, they were going to adapt this story into a new like movie. Um, yeah, that's on the Wikipedia page. I saw that. Um, that would have been a very your story between the two. Weird. The escape yeah. of the Starlight Pit is really good. Yeah, and very interesting. Um, yeah. This is yeah. Not- so he's just like bouncing around. <laughs> it's just about his life. He doesn't like drugs. God no. Like, no premarital sex. No drugs. Nope. No drugs. He loves the empire. <laughs> He mm-hmm. doesn't like rebel. He doesn't like political rebellion. He's a real rule follower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like international criminal, um, or maybe he's not, since he does also use the guilds and stuff. Yeah, he kind of um, sticks to the rules pretty, pretty hard. But yeah, then it ends with him and Han, like fifteen years after Empire. Mm-hmm. And we do get sort of this characterization of Han that is peak EU Han. He yeah. has no purpose. 
he has nothing to do he is bored um no one is interested in hanging out with him (laughs) (laughs) no one knows what to do with him now i i like a lot of parts of the sequel trilogy but it would be so fun if those three movies were just them being like all right what do i do now yeah i'm so bored (laughs) give me a job anybody please and then luke shows up and he's like you're bored i'm bored too right let's be bored together that's what people want kathy yeah they really don't know what to do with these characters after universe is basically han solo has nothing to do lando calrissian endless multi-level marketing schemes luke skywalker (laughs) and being a terrible teacher like the literal worst teacher that ever lived. And Leia has 15 jobs and no one will let her quit any of them. There'll be books that start with Leia being like, I'm thinking of taking some time off and my mom will be like, no. And then they just continue from there. Um, so Han is like, I'm really bored. Um, I'm feeling, you know, like my, my bygone days, my glory days are passing me by. I'm going to go back to a planet where I was almost forced to fight to the death just mm-hmm. to schmooze and see how it's going. And he and Boba Fett end up in kind of like a standoff there. Yeah. And, and the it book ends, ends on a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Like, are they going to shoot each other or not? They're not. Yeah, they, don't. <laughs> they don't do it. They don't do it. Spoiler. Yeah. So these... I don't know. Is there a through line in these stories? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean so- Boba Fett disintegrated some people. Like, he set some people on fire. He flamethrowed yeah. some people That's because true. they sold spice and he is not cool with that. Oh, and yeah, also, I like, there's about a- that. I forgot about all that, too. <laughs> he really he hates, not- dro- he hates, he hates drugs. drugs. He hates things that might lead to drugs. He hates things that aren't drugs that maybe would lead to drugs. That is the verbatim thing that is said. Boba, <laughs> Boba Fett is a dare officer. He's, he's, he runs the, he runs, 100% the program. runs the dare program for the Star Wars. Also, there's a lot of variety in how spice is described across the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. definitely the mildest take on spice ever. This is spice mm-hmm. is like space marijuana. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, the guy's like, but it's not addictive. But there are yeah. legitimate medical uses. Yeah. And Boba <laughs> is like, but it could no. be something addictive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's got a I was lot. just like, what is what is this guy's deal? Like, yeah, it, like it is so bizarre that you truly don't learn what his deal is. Yeah, you like, don't know why he's thing, like that. You don't know why he's like it. Like, this is the time for you to tell us why he's like this. Like, this is the exact book right. for that thing. And they just don't right. they don't want to do yeah. it. It happens a lot with Boba Fett, I think, in general, but in this story in particular. There's a big sort of like what you see is all there is kind of bias. Yeah. So like what we see Boba Fett do on screen is what he does what he literally is. all the time. Even though yeah. we just saw him on screen at work a couple of days. Right. Like, why, why, why would we assume he wears his armor all the time when he's not working? Like right. maybe he's just like in sweats and puts on the arm, <laughs> like, you know, like Django Fett at the long neck house. And instead we get him he's crazy he's brings to things he's a a lot he is boba fett is a lot yeah in this story can we talk about the plastic surgery scene because (laughs) yeah we can i have this i have this marked (laughs) okay will you read it like i need to know about what page page are we talking let's talk (laughs) 
this is page 37, IG88 story. So yeah. we've got Gurdon, who Gurdon, yeah. is the person who commissioned the creation of the IG88s. He ends up going with Vader somewhere. They're on the shuttle. Oh, they're going to Mechas 3 to pick up some, some droids. Bumped his large nose against the window. He rubbed his nose painfully and scowled and then tried one more time with Darth Vader. Darth Vader says, I hold you personally responsible for seeing that these new probot spy droids are completed on schedule and deployed. The rebels have escaped from Yavin and we must find them. One rebel in particular. And who is that? Gurdon asked brightly, pleased to have engaged with Vader in what seemed to be a nice chat. <laughs> that's none of your concern, Supervisor Gurdon. Uh, no, of course not. Just curious, that's all. And yeah, it's on the next. It's on 38. on Mecca's three. They're getting off the ship. Yeah. Since seeing his chance escaping, Gurdon took a deep breath to gather courage, finally broaching the subject he had been wanting to mention since takeoff. Lord Vader, if I might be so bold as to request, he rubbed his nose unconsciously. With the completion of this order, I was wondering if you might reconsider interceding on my behalf on my request for, I mean, the surgical procedure I've been needing for some time now. Vader swiveled his hideous helmet toward Gurdon and the Imperial Supervisor shrank back, not wanting to confront the black plasteel face. Your physical appearance does not concern me, Vader said. I have no interest or desire in providing you with useless cosmetic surgery. If your large nose continues to trouble you when you look in the mirror, perhaps I should remove my helmet and let you have a look. Then you wouldn't be so concerned. Ten thousand questions. Asking Lord Vader to get his cosmetic surgery covered by the Imperial HMO. Why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is Vader in charge of insurance for all of this? <laughs> Maybe he just needs to sign off on it. He's on like everyone's the, medical. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, Darth. We got to file this guy's workman's comp. And he's like, okay, yeah, sounds good. (laughs) People, you could ask, like, how insensitive are you to ask Darth Vader? (laughs) Yeah, Vader should choke that guy. Yeah. Who goes to Darth Vader? (laughs) It's like, I could use a real, I would really like a touch up. Hey, Darth, check this out. You see this? Yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah, it's very... um, very weird. I mean, listen, there's a reason we don't see that guy in the movies, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, a I mean, He's a big door. The characterization of Darth Vader is also sort of an interesting recurrence through these stories. Like, there's also a great yeah. moment in the Dengar story when Dengar's kind of working with Vader for the first time and Dengar's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, yes, sir. And Vader corrects him like in his third grade. He's like, yes, my lord. <laughs> it doesn't sound as cool when you've told someone else they have to say it he's like a third grade teacher being like yes ma'am <laughs> yeah but Vader always comes off like very dorky and shadows the I think we talked a lot about this with shadows the empire where he just like he really like you can see the trajectory from that Vader to like phantom menace Anakin Skywalker <laughs> So you're it. saying so you're saying it came off well because that means it fits in with his character. Yeah, I mean it fits in with that version of the character. Now is, Sha- is Shadows of the Empire? Is it good? I feel like this is the uh, only place I can ask this question. It's fun. It's okay. certainly not, not the, bad. Nowhere near the worst 
we've ever what is read. the worst yeah. what is the worst now <gasps> okay wait for dark saber is it dark saber there's some no. that, like, i cannot it's the the shards the black shard one there was like a trilogy that we read mm-hmm. that was so I bad re- i read dark saber because i like this but I oh, did know what was going on. When Barbara Hambly writes a book, I'm a lost, lost Oh, yeah, soul. Children of Twilight and... Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, those were also... Like, we did not know what was happening. <laughs> the Callista yes, the Callista, the Callista books. The Callista of it all. Are oh, so bad. I definitely completely like, blocked those. Darksaber's a Kevin J. Anderson, right? Because there's one, like, trilogy mm-hmm. that, like, Barbara Hambly wrote the first one, and then Kevin J. Anderson, J. Anderson wrote the second, yeah. Yeah, I, I read Dark Saber because I liked General Medine, and oh, I believe yeah. he, di- I believe he dies in that one, and I was like, well, I gotta read this. Yeah, I have gotta to see what yeah. happens. And I remember, I yeah. remember there's a hut in it, and I think that's all I remember. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, did we read Dark Saber? But I think we did. I just <laughs> that was another Kevin yeah. Anderson super weapon bureaucracy yeah. developing weapon. Yeah, he, he loves to have yeah because the Dark Saber was another. Another super weapon, yeah. Death Star style kind of. It was like the, the huts were buying a Death Star, yeah. yeah. Kind yeah. of weapon, but that yeah. was better. The Callista stuff, yeah. That's Children of Twilight. I forget what the other one is. There's a lot of sort of like snoozes. A lot of. I mean, yeah. I like the ones that are all. I mean, like I Jedi is insane, bonkers. But has I? I could never answer. get it. I could never get into it because of the what is it all like first person? Or it's first person, yeah. yeah. But and that I one is is wild. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. that also like completely happens. Like there's a whole section of that book that is exactly Kevin J. Anderson's Jedi Academy oh, okay. trilogy, and so you're just seeing oh. the whole thing from like a different perspective, and a lot of sure. stuff happened that you didn't know about. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Like, perspective of a character who's not in, in the Jedi Academy trilogy, but it's just like behind the like, scenes. <laughs> no one was listening to him <laughs> it's definitely getting like echoes of the ma installation in therefore i am the tale of ig88 which is the jedi academy trilogy which is yeah, the one another. that's the series that like i know the best because that was the one that i had like audio cassette tapes sure. of that series as a kid and so i would listen yeah. to them god knows how many times um yeah. but i mean that is that is crazy but these sto- i feel like no one was looking at these stories and they're like yeah do whatever you want it's fine just fill the pages and god knows they did i mean yeah they did when like i looked at this it was like oh 340 pages that's they, that can't be correct <laughs> 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 these cannot be 60 pages each like yeah and i think it definitely ones, gets oh, the other ahead. ones are about the same length right they are but their stories are shorter and there's more yeah. of them yeah, yeah, yeah so it like it moves a little sure. like 10 or oh, yeah. 10 to 15 tales some of those are just like a handful of pages like they they really move i wonder why they didn't like throw in like greedo or other you know what i mean like there are other bounty hunters out there that they could have for sure cost them it had to just be the ones who Since were there in yeah empire strikes back which then we get into the weird thing of like Dengar's not actually technically a bounty hunter; he's an assassin. Like, why mm-hmm. is yeah? Why is there's he a also part of this? we're missing like in both the Tales from Jabba's Palace and the Tales from Osiris Cantina. There's like a thematic location sure. as part of the book, and like some of the stories are more or less successful in that. But with this, it's sort of like we're at Jabba's Palace. We're also on the Imperial Starship. We're also on Cloud City. We're back on top. Like, it just yeah. it doesn't feel like there's 
the same kind of grounding theme between them sure. which I, I missed from the other ones um even though I liked some of these okay Boba Fett carries a reusable straw inside his visor <laughs> that he can just like <laughs> he, he can flip out so that he can have some drinks without what taking what, off what if that's what his little antenna was oh my gosh just like a little <laughs> just a little straw <laughs> He pushes the antenna, or he like just flips it down, yeah, or he, he pushes it down, down and the straw comes out. It's just like <laughs> this is wild. Uh, and also, we get his—I think we get it in the Java's, uh, the Java story as well. But his name here is Jaster Mareel. Jaster Mareel was his like original legends name, and then yeah. I think they like they retconned that to be like, well, it's just like one of his aliases he used, so that yeah. it's like not completely. Um, well, I think they later retconned it, and I don't know if this is canon or if they just put this in something else. Where it was like, it was like Django's, Django's like, uh, 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 uh what's the word? Like mentor's name. Yeah, like so Jango's. he would use that name. Yeah, yeah, he would use that like name that. sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean the Boba Fett of it all. But like Boba <laughs> Fett in the Dengar story is a more interesting kind of fun, almost a little bit puckish Boba Fett. He's gonna be his always- best man. He's yeah. like, <laughs> like I'm, he's I'm always genuinely mad we didn't get that story. I'm genuinely yeah. so that upset. should have been the Boba Fett story. Yes. Was him like losing the rings or like I don't you know <laughs> locking getting the ner- rings in a closet. Yeah. Getting yeah, yeah, nervous yeah. about the speech. Like, I don't know this guy that well. What are you to say? Party like all goes awry. Like he scheduled Dengar. two locations at the same time. <laughs> when when we first met, I was trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be here today, buddy? You know, with your beautiful new bride, like, like... Manaru, we don't bomb. know each other that well. <laughs> I planted a bomb on your ship, but you knew I wasn't really trying to kill you, and that's how we knew this friendship. It's like some hilarious inside joke that no one else gets, but he's like, you know, <laughs> when I saw yeah. you dancing in that palace, I knew that's the girl for Dengar. <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna try to kiss you. I knew I wasn't gonna try. We weren't well, married. We, we weren't that. married. We weren't married. <laughs> okay, sorry. Not to be, not to be crass, but no, he does never have sex. But does he question. masturbate? It's a very good question. Does he have genitals? I think no. <laughs> now this is Legends Boba Fett because I think Canon Boba Fett absolutely oh, for sure. has. That dude's headed to Pound Town, but like this. <laughs> version of Boba Fett I, I would say no I would say no and I think that he just uh-huh. needs to relax just a tiny bit hang on hang on in I, I'm searching through his uh, <laughs> Wikipedia page I just searched the word wife and then I searched the word sex sex did not come up no wife, certainly not. there is something about a wife he's in legends yeah oh my gosh oh maybe well there's that scene in return of the jedi where he's like kind of flirting with somebody oh yeah like sort of like he's like kind of like having a sassy chat and he like chucks her chin a little bit like yeah Yeah, i mean the the boba fett from the movies i also do not see in (laughs) now he apparently has a daughter in legends (gasps) oh that's right he met someone named Sintis vel who's Mm -hmm. another bounty hunter and in fell in love. Her normal life, he married her. They had a child named Aylin Vell, 15 BBY. 
So see, this is why, and and listen, this is why the EU's a disaster. It's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Lando also has a wife in the EU. Oh yeah, who just like disappears. At some- <laughs> We've read so many books after she exists, and we we're like, what? Like. <laughs> Yeah. We're writing this before like Google Docs. They needed like a big Google Doc. All yes. the authors could go oh, yeah. to and be like, here's what's going on. Yeah. Um, I feel like when but- I was a kid, I definitely thought like, oh, this is so tight. Like they got this all figured out. And as an adult going back to these, I was like, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. No. When I was a kid, I was the most interested in sort of like the next generation characters. I was very yeah. interested in like the Jason Jaina. Anakin like those guys um and I'm just in looking at the adult characters like you guys are terrible at living life yeah, um like, really nobody, nobody has their situation figured out well everyone all. sort of seems like a sad sack like even these bounty hunters like we were saying they're just like everyone's their bodies are falling apart everyone's sad like Dangar's nice because he gets to get married but like everyone else it's just I they just I'm so happy the takeaway from this episode is <laughs> Dengar's nice. That's all. That was my goal coming in here, and I'm really glad that that is where we where we got to. Uh, yeah, that's the main takeaway. I mean, the other thing is that comes up is like, what is the Empire like as a ruling organization? There's yeah. a lot of sort of like chaos, and I mean, because like the the tale of Dengar, the Empire is so obsessed with human experimentation. Like all they're doing is yeah, brain science. Um, they're a regular Dr. Evazon. They're just like, let's let's get in these brains. Let's, I mean, there's a Bomar monk kind of uh, brain yeah. situation. There's a lot. Uh, but with others, it's very just like bureaucracy. Like, I don't know how Boba Fett feels about all this brain experimentation. He's so pro-Empire, which is also bizarre that Boba Fett, like when he's having his chat with Princess Leia, and he's like, cover up your sin body. I'm not going <laughs> to rape you. And she's like, that's cool of you and all. Um, and he's like, because she, she's like, he says sex between unmarried people is immoral. And she's like, mm-hmm. so is rape. And he's like, yeah, so is rape. But also so is rebelling against illegal authority like the empire. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the big the big three. Those are the top three things the that are bad three. in Mobile Fest Line. Number four, Spice. 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 spice is up there for yeah. sure yeah i mean also we get that we get this a lot in eu but that idea of like what is droid like do droids can like <laughs> think like mm-hmm. like warlom feelings is very obsessed like intuition and like ig88 is yeah. insane yeah. like yeah okay boba fett and princess leia boba fett says over half a million credits that's what vader and the hud have paid for my work is it just money we'll pay you help us get out of here and we'll pay you how much? More than you can imagine. That was amused by the audacity she showed. I can imagine an awful lot. You'll get it. Why are you doing that? Right. That is dialogue from A New Hope. Right. Oh, yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why would you reproduce dialogue between Luke and Han as dialogue between Leia and Boba <laughs> That's lazy. That's lazy. I mean, that's a huge thing in the it's EU like, is Han Solo like, quoting himself and then Jason and Jaina quoting Han because that's all they've grown up with is their dad like recording his own greatest hit. But listen, guys, it's like poetry. It rhymes, it, it's you true. know? Yeah. It's... it's... <laughs> oh my God. It's just getting... Bunch of weirdos. Oh my God. There's Any other... People. 
any yeah, other things you want to go yeah i mean like i could spend hours talking about every detail in the ig88 story that ig88 spontaneously generates descartes within five seconds of consciousness mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what is the tone of the story he like grabs uh-huh. a droid arm and flings it through someone's chest and the arm comes through like holding the heart like yeah. am i supposed to laugh recoil <laughs> like i don't but i think you are supposed i think you are supposed to laugh because him like i do think war on the emperor is like that's very funny it's funny but it's also like something out of robot chicken or detours or something like that like it's yeah. like very it's a great silly. bit yeah yeah it's a good yeah. bit <laughs> There's also a great, also a great moment where Gurdon asks about IG-88. He says, why do, because they have a dismantle on site order against IG-88. He says, mm-hmm. why do people keep hiring him? They're risking the wrath of the empire. And his little underling response, sir, I believe it's because IG-88 always gets the job done, which is such <laughs> like a piece of, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not, that's like, like a trailer 80s. line. Did he have like a yeah. billboard up somewhere? It was like IG-88 always gets the job done. <laughs> <laughs> just like that's reference. like yeah you see that you see that in the trailer it's like thing. and then like a funky like cop yeah. starts playing and then ig88's like coming in yeah doing <laughs> like, the charlie's angel pose with yeah. the other five ig88s they're all doing it together <laughs> like are doing that like 70s like groovy fan yeah. out thing yeah. 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 rainbow of like shadow yeah. behind them they're all wearing four also... faucet wigs <laughs> Also, Kevin J. Anderson spells out every droid name phonetically oh. except for IG-88. Yeah. And There's I no always consistency. get very confused <laughs> about droid names being spelled out phonetically. We've said but droid yeah. names wrong for, for episodes because of his... So theory. many, because we like... <laughs> I would do better if they... Now, yeah. think, do they think that like people would... But the, he doesn't do it for IG-88. I said, do, does he think that people would pronounce it like Ig eighty eight. Yeah, I think they do think that. They're just trying to avoid. I guess it's the ATAT. It's the it's the ATAT. Yeah, this is an ATAT podcast. We got an ATAT guest right here. We established that very early on. Good. These are the kind of hard lines we take, but there's definitely a droid called MTD. 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 We were calling something else. We were calling him EMTD when his name is just mm-hmm. MTD because the first two letters were EM. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we were like repeating and we were it. Calling, yeah. We were calling him EMTD for like we did that for a, a very year. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> we realized that that was not yeah. The case. Is there any other anything else we need to hit on this yeah. one? This is a wild collection. I mean, I think yeah. I would say. Tales from Java's Palace, the best. Number one. Tales of the Bounty Hunter, second. And then Tales from Osiris, Lily Cantina. I think I would switch the last two. I think I would do Java's Palace, Isley, and then and then this one. I think it's a hot take, but Dengar is just like so good. I mean, Dengar is great. I feel like Dengar is better than any one story. I would read a whole book of him. Yeah. There's no Dengar books, right? There's no Dengar books. This really is, I feel like this is the book that covers a like there's no bosk book there's no no i feel like Zuck, zuckus and forlom are like criminally underused in yeah canon and every, i think they're in they're in like run of the comics that's going right now but yeah, i didn't even remember their i remember everyone else's name kind of those two i could caroline didn't you. even remember yeah. who which one was which <laughs> yeah it's very confusing <laughs> it is confusing. No. they do look very similar yeah well also I'm, so, I'm very not a visual like i don't imagine things when i read them really so it's yeah. always a surprise 
It's so what's like, IG-88 shows up over and over in the expanded universe. Nope, there's nothing anyone loves more than to bring in a reprogrammed IG-88. Yeah, it's like the, the go-to yeah. move. Which, like, he, yeah. now, there's no way, like, how? How? We blew them all up. Like, right. how does he keep coming back? <laughs> I guess they just kept making more. But... Yeah, it's a, so should we rank? Should we rank the stories? Yeah. Yes. Let's rank the stories. Hundred percent. Dengar, Dengar. Number one. Tippity That's top. a boy. <laughs> at, the, at the peak. From there, it gets confusing. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Boba Fett story only because it was so crazy. <laughs> yeah. If we're going with stories, I remember things about. Mm-hmm. It would be Dengar, Boba Fett, IG88. IG88. Um. I would probably put IG-88 above Boba Fett because, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it also, I mean, like, I texted you yesterday and I just wrote, like, I read the first story and now I'm insane. But, like, it was such a, <laughs> it's like screaming. such a welcome back. Like, yeah, I think the Boba Fett, the IG-88 could kind of flip depending yeah, on the mood. For sure. I, think I think I'm Dengar IG-88, IG-88 Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Because I don't care and all the Han, all the fifteen years later on stuff. I'm like, I don't care about this. That was pretty. That's pretty another dumb. thing I don't necessarily like buy into is the idea of like an intense personal connection between yeah. Han and Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, why yeah. is Han not just a job in the way that that dude that's going to get ripped apart by dogs or whatever is right? Yeah, a job. Yeah. So say Forlom and Zuckus. Yeah, and then Boskus. Boss. bottom of the boss. barrel get out which of is here, crazy because i do like bosk i like he's Bosque a cool wars i think he looks cool he looks cool yeah yeah i like i like that everyone wears that costume in the movies they use it like yeah. four different times in those movies yeah but honestly fun. like it's not a story about boss it's a story about that other no. lady. i agree and i don't care about yeah that lady. yeah so it's not really yeah. boss's fault all right all right you're right he's not the star of it yeah you're right yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't blame boss no <laughs> i mean you're not boss might blame boss like, I think wow. I might be a boss shamer. Like, wow. Like, but his, I just his toes like... curl. His, his toes. toes. So <laughs> Everyone talks about he, it. That's what they remember he, from that day. <laughs> he doesn't have a character trait other than he doesn't like Wookiees. Like, that's yeah. his whole thing. His he growls. Feet. He does growl. He doesn't like Wookiees. He growls in his toes. He has a, he's like a, he's a doof. He gets lost in that closet and... Yeah. <laughs> the robot named Flirt takes over his computer. Why would you name your robot Flirt? We didn't even mention Flirt. We didn't mention Flirt. Flirt is like a tiny robot who's also kind of sassy. <sighs> I feel like that was like the one character trait like women were getting in science fiction at this time. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> when I was sassy. I did it. Yeah. When I was reading Flirt, I was like, oh, I remember why I don't read these books anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was mostly was just actually- Flirt. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah right. like I, I remember this. Yeah, There's I actually will flirt. say that I appreciated Dave Wolverton's characterization of uh, Monaru because she was introduced as a very sort of classic damsel in distress kind of figure yeah. and was developed into a pretty interesting well, rounded yeah. out character. But like, oh no, actually, like she's got a lot going on. She's got all these really close friends. She's had more yeah. life experiences than Dengar had. She's, you know keeping herself alive more effectively than Dengar is. Yeah. Like she's she's yeah. doing fine. So. Yeah, takeaway is read read the Dengar story. Or read the Dengar story. What's his name in uh Rise of Scott? Roth, Rothgar Dang. Rothgar Dang. Rothgar Dang. Rothgar Dang. Justice Dang. for 
Justice, Justice for Rothgar Dang. That's the, that's the key takeaway. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is thank super you fun. Yeah. Super Do you want to, can you maybe tell anybody in our audience if they don't know already what the George Lucas talk show is? Yeah, of course. What it is and why they should check it out. Yeah. So the George Lucas talk show is yeah. a talk show hosted by comedian Connor Ralph um, and uh, Griffin Newman. Uh, Connor plays George Lucas on the show. Griffin plays everyone's favorite Toydarian slave trader, Watto. Um, they host it in character. The guests are themselves, uh, and it's just a regular talk show. We tell people it's like you're going on Jimmy Fallon, except Jimmy Fallon is 75-year-old retired filmmaker George Lucas. Um, so uh, we did a bunch of episodes this past year. Uh, we did like over 300 hours worth of stuff. You can yeah. find it all on YouTube. We have guests like... You know, we've got Kevin Smith, we've got Whoopi Goldberg, we've got Darcy Carden, we've got Jason Manzukas. truly like <laughs> hundreds of guests. Um, it's all on YouTube. If you search George Lucas Talk Show, I always recommend just finding a guest that you like and going from there. Or if you want to just see a list of guests to see what episode they're on, it's all on IMDb so you can find it that way. Yeah, highly, uh, highly recommend. And anything, we'll put all your info in the description, but anything you want to yeah. plug where people can find you, you online? Know, you can- follow me on twitter at patrick cotner p-a-t-r-i-c-k-c-o-t-n-o-i-r i'm trying to get more followers than the canceled nbc show sean saves the world everybody so. follow patrick <laughs> do it I'll now do it now um or on instagram uh, it's just my last name but uh yeah check out check out george lucas and then every sunday uh, i produce a show called rat scraps in new york um it's the new iteration of a show that used to be at UCB called Cat. It's an improv show where famous people come in and tell stories and then they do improv based off those stories. But you can stream it from anywhere in the world, uh, three camera HD, full setup. Um, it's like eight bucks. It's it's a lot of fun and you should check it out. Yay. It. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been an absolute delight. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, adolescenceafteralderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.